Hello and welcome to the Believe Crew podcast. The business is you. I'm Jamie White, founder of Believe Crew and your host. Let's jump right in. This is Alex Paul. Tell us all about what you do, who you are. Let's get that stuff out of the way so that we can hear all the things, that's the goodness that you have for us. I'm so excited to be on the podcast with you. Okay, so who am I? I'm Alex Pauls, the Alex Pauls. I do SEO. I do Google ads for people. I'm a former power electrician slash electrical engineering technologist, so I can technically fix anything. I'm kind of a nerd. I do jujitsu on the side. I ride motorcycles because I always wanted to be cool like Tom Cruise in Top Gun. <laughs> and I was this close to being a fighter pilot. And I don't know, I became an electrician instead. I should have just went the full Top right. Gun, Tom Cruise right. way. And <laughs> I'm one half of KP Design and my beautiful wife does all the websites and the branding. And we're just so excited to even know Jamie. So mm-hmm. You're a power couple too. So on all, all angles. So how long have you been married? This is nothing to do with business, but. So we got married in 1999. So if we do the math, June 11th, 1999, that is my anniversary. So what are we at? We're at 23 years. Is it going to be, it's going to be 24 years this year. And how many years have you been in business together? We have, we're coming up on four. And what made you decide to switch from whatever you were doing before to be like, I think I want to be in business with my spouse. So I left being an electrician and my wife and I, we have this, we have this other website and it's uh, paragenius.com and we're a, uh, but pear is spelt like the fruit. Uh-huh. So we have oh, this inside. Paragenius. Yeah. So we have this inside joke that we're the perfect pair. And when I was like 15, I drew a little picture of us and I said, we're, we're just a perfect pair. So the, our original like idea for a business together was paragenius.com. And it was funny. Like I left my uh, electrical job and we traveled. I was basically retired for six months. And you took a sabbatical. That's what my husband just did. <laughs> yeah, we took a sabbatical. And we... Uh, we went traveling, we met our families in Europe, and that was such a cool experience. And we we were blogging, like tra- we were basically travel bloggers, but we didn't know how to like monetize this. And now mm-hmm. that I know all these great like entrepreneurs and writers, and it's like, if I would have known a lot of these, these people in the past, it would have been so much easier to monetize a blog, right? I right. mean, not easier. It's still a lot of work. You still got still a business. Yeah, it's still a business. And you're... Tr- so it's funny, you're, you're traveling, you're having all these experiences, you're taking pictures, you're writing. It's like, am I working? Am I living a life? Mm. Am I trying to convince everybody that my life is perfect? It was a, it was a very interesting, like phenomenon to be this guy that, you know, what was I like 38 years old, 37 years old, and I left my job. And my parents thought I was insane. Mm-hmm. And uh, Katsy's so funny, because she's a gypsy by nature. And she's just like, yeah, let's just sell our house and all our stuff. And we're gonna, we're just gonna tr- put backpacks on the kids and That's travel awesome. travel like we're 20 years old when we, sh- we probably should have done that and got it out of the way. Mm-hmm. Or I think most like normal 20 year olds do that. But we, we kind of wait till we're almost 40, have a midlife crisis and then haul our kids. There's a couple options. It's fine. Yeah. But but I think let's normalize the fact that it can still be done at 40 or 38 to 42, like whatever that midlife moment is where you're like, I'm not doing what I'm called to do. This isn't fulfilling my soul. This isn't. And actually I'm going to sell everything and just see where life takes me. 
Exactly. And that's where my book starts. I know that I haven't finished writing it, but I've talked, I talked to you about every day is garbage day. I'm writing this book about this guy that blows up his life. Mm. And funny, I haven't finished the book because I kind of, I'm still in the process of blowing things blowing up, up. <laughs> and, rebuilding and, and figuring it out. And mm -hmm. I just want that to be really inspirational to mm -hmm. any like young man in their thirties or forties that, you know what, your life doesn't have to be on cruise control. That's mm -hmm. to me, that's the whole point of the book is to not be on cruise control and you should be excited and things should scare the hell out of you. And, mm -hmm. you know, you just, you, you can do it. And what, you know, we came, so to continue. Yeah, how story, long were you backpacking then? And how old were your kids? They were, the girls were five and eight wow. and we, yeah, so we went from Ireland all the way to Hungary, and Hungary is where Kati's family is from, and Ireland is where the journey started, and it's a place where, it's a magical place where she's always wanted to go, mm -hmm. and she loved Ireland the most, and it's funny enough that I loved Hungary the most, where which is where she's from, and I just thought it was amazing, and I love Germany. Germany is where my family is, and we stayed with them for a month, and that, uh, I mean... I, I was joking that I checked off so many bucket list items right, right. that I could have died at the end of this adventure <laughs> and I would have been cool. Like that's, I mean, that, that was everything I ever well wanted. Well lived. Yeah. And now, and now I get to like live this bonus life, but at the same time, it's like, okay, now what? Right. 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 How long did you do that for? And then what made you decide to stop? Okay. So we were gone, I would say about three or four months. And something in our internal clock just said, okay, it's, mm -hmm. it's done. We are not, we, we realized that we are not nomads. Like as fun <laughs> as it was, um, it's time to go back, put the kids back in school. We just mm. couldn't fathom homeschooling them. It was, it was a lot like, like doing something different every day with them. It was amazing. Right, right. It, was a, it was a cool adventure, but I just didn't feel like that was a sustainable thing to do every single day. It was just, I was just like, okay, I realized there, there is some good things to having a routine to, to having yeah. that normalcy because it's, a, it's tiring being on a crazy adventure. Like when you are plotting something different or doing something major in your life and it changes, you can feel that, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're alive. Like you're actually draining your battery Whereas most people are just on autopilot and they don't notice right, it. Right. You right. know, they just kind of get up, do their thing, go to bed. But when you're really like intentionally creating this amazing future, it, it is exhausting. It really is. So hypothetically, if you would have been able to monetize a podcast or monetize traveling with your kids and world schooling and all those things, would you still be doing it? Or is there something about, I just got to go back and create some routines and do something different as the challenge. I think that I learned that I couldn't do it at that time. Mm. But after the last two years and the things that we've learned, if I if I were to do it again, it would be interesting. I could probably do it for longer. I might mm -hmm. not be able to sustain it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I could do it for maybe a couple of years instead of, a, you know, half a, half a year. But I, it's, I, I it's feel just, like I would want to go back to that routine just so I could kind of, you know. Yeah. Well, it's relax. interesting because my coach, who's actually Canadian, she decided that, you know, you could live whatever life you want. And so she turned a school bus, you know, into the 
camper RV of their dreams kind of a thing and uh, rented out their house, took their kids on five months of working from the road. You know, we're going to, so she did her business from the road and a couple months in, she was like, my kids don't ever leave. They're right here with me all the time. (laughs) And like, actually, you know, like traveling and visiting 22 national parks was amazing. And I had a pretty cool routine at home too. <laughs> like yeah. all of a sudden appreciating what we already had or just kind of going back to and, and creating. Like, so then when you came back, you got to create whatever it is that you wanted. Exactly. It was, it was very cool. The opportunities that started popping up, I never would have dreamed of. Like I was offered a, a job in Saudi Arabia. Wow. And the money was crazy. It was like three times my old salary. I'm like, how how does that happen to a guy like me? Like that's oh. not normal. I'm I'm having lunch by the Eiffel Tower, and I get this email that all of a sudden this company wants me in Saudi Arabia. I'm right. not that guy. Who am I? Like, right, right. And yet this is happening to me, mm. right? And opportunities, we, we, doors open, and then you have to learn which ones are you called to say no to. Exactly. There's a, and that's one thing that I've, I've learned over the last few years is there, it's very interesting. The red herrings that are, yeah. are put in front of me and I've taken, taken the bait on a few of them. Especially as a business owner. Yeah. So probably the last red herring was, um, so I, I came back to work when we came back after about six months and I was doing like the opposite. I was doing like a sales role and I wanted to be an entrepreneur and the, the owner of the company, you know, it was kind of implied that uh, he would groom me to take, take, uh, you know, the leadership role. Like after he would retire yeah. already, you know, fairly old, but we kind of had like a five yeah. year, five year thing where I would take over the business and this would be great. Like a small, a small business that I would be able to take over and yeah, it's not completely daunting, but I'm set up for success. I like those kinds of chess moves, right? Totally agree. So he dies unexpectedly. No. And like, honestly, like nine months, 10 months in to us working together and he dies. And I have to quickly move to another company. Hmm. And then this was kind of one of the red herrings where it didn't, I mean, it didn't work out. It was amicable, us um, parting ways. But then I realized I'm like, the whole pair genius thing was for us to work together. And that's the thing that we've always wanted to do since we were young. And I just felt like it was that uncomfortable and that obvious that, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, God, it just, he, in the infinite Mm -hmm. wisdom pushes you in the direction that you need to be pushed in at that right time. And I wasn't depressed that I lost that job. I wasn't impressed. I wasn't depressed that I didn't like that job. I, dusted myself off. And I said, this is it. This is our opportunity to work together and I'm not going to blow it. And I just started studying every single, cause I'm good at that. I'm good at learning, right. studying. And so I learned everything I could about <laughs> SEO. I learned everything I could about Google ads. I learned everything I could about business and I'm still learning everything I can. About right. right. I'm not, I was never that entrepreneur. I was always that guy that worked in the cubicle or worked with a team and worked for a company. Right. So mm-hmm. It's so what was Kanti doing at that time? She's she uh, was doing KP design. Hmm. She already had the business for many years, just like on a 
you know, a little bit smaller scale. Mm-hmm. And then when I came in, it's like, okay, I can add these pieces to the puzzle. And, you know, you engineered your own position. It, I did. I really <laughs> did. I went, I went on LinkedIn. Honestly, it, this is great advice to a lot of people. I went on LinkedIn. I saw other website developers, people and what, or mar- like, like uh, marketing agencies. I'm like, okay, what yeah. kind of position, what kind of position can I make for myself in our own right. company? Right. I love it. So I just back engineered like, oh, okay, this, this guy does this, this guy does this. Oh, we need this for the company. Boom. Done. I do all the nerdy, the nerdy stuff that she doesn't want to do. Great. I do all the sales. I do the the talking to people because I love doing that. I'm like, why wouldn't I do the stuff that I love to do? And then I'm good at, and she gets to do the stuff that she loves and doesn't have to do the stuff that she hates, which is coincidentally the things that I love to do. So, I mean... Can you- the yin and the yang concept in, in business. Okay. Yeah. So are there ever any issues with that? I mean, are you willing to go there? Oh, yeah. I mean, so this is funny. Like, I think I even told, like, in our book here, Partners and Everything, I might have told that story where it was so funny. It was just, like, this awkward moment where, and I, I recommend this to anybody, like, you, you kind of need this awkward moment is who you have to draw the line in the sand of who the CEO is. Mm -hmm. And she said, sat me down. She's like, okay, this is my business. I've been doing it for 16, 17 years. I do what I say. I do what I do. I don't over promise. I don't under deliver. I, I do what I say I'm going to do. And I do it to the best of my ability. And I don't want you to screw that up. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay. So it was mm-hmm. so funny. It was almost like having a, um, you know, it was like having, it was like having a real boss tell me like, this right, is how right. it's going to be. And yeah, sure enough. It's like, oh, wow. Your, your ego kind of is like, wow. Okay. This is like my wife telling me how, how it's going to be. And you know what? She's like, who am I to judge? Like, who am I to, to have an opinion? Like she's had this business for so long. I'm coming in. I'm more of a complimentary piece that can kind of help her, mm-hmm. but who am I to question the the foundation? Right. So I, yeah, so I totally accepted that and it was actually a lot easier than, than I thought it would be, but. You didn't need any therapy for that? No, didn't need any therapy for That's that. I, I honestly think that everybody needs to have that conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're totally confused as. We have a different type of partnership agreement in Believe Crew, and we have like a conflict resolution part of the contract and uh, and a work on your junk because it's Believe Crew and we deal with belief systems and reprogramming things. And if if we're trying to coach others and we're not dealing with our own junk, um, yeah, is that an issue? So, so um, and I love, yeah, go ahead. Like for me. My jo- it's funny because I have these great ideas and mm-hmm. then she tells me that they suck, right? <laughs> she's she's filtering out your great ideas. Right. So then I have to go into the garage and have to hit some things with a hammer and like mm-hmm. straighten straighten things up and like cool cool off and then realize, oh yeah, maybe that wasn't the greatest idea ever. Mm. You know, like sometimes we're just married to our ideas. Yeah. Have you ever read um or studied at all the EOS um, entrepreneurial operating system that Gino Wickman presents with the visionary and the implementer? Uh, no, but I'll write it down. 
Okay. So it sounds like even though she's had this business for years, when you guys came in, you actually created a structure where you're the visionary and she's the implementer. Now here's the secret. The implementer gets the tiebreaker vote. So when she basically said, you can have all these ideas you want, but I could DeVito them. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. This works. It's funny. Cause I, I would say we're both kind of, yeah, I would say we're both visionaries, but yeah, she mm. is the veto. Definitely. Mm. And she that's has veto power. Yeah. And that's fine. Like I yeah. originally wanted to scale and, mm. and have people underneath. Cause I, I, I feel like I'm good at managing and that is just something that she does not want at all. Right. Right. Quality. So, yeah. She's quality. Right. So control. We, yeah. So our big claim to fame are what we do is we work with a, a select limited number of clients and we don't outsource anything. We just got to mm -hmm. make sure that our pricing is right. You know, we might not be millionaires, mm -hmm. but we're having a good life. We're having, we're trying to, it's funny, like we have a good life and we're still managing that time and work balance so that mm. we're not constantly working all the time. Right. You mean there is such a thing? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> I think I, for me, it all merges. You know, people ask me, how do you juggle six kids? And, um, well, first of all, we unschool. So obviously that makes it so that the only thing we have to do is unlearn whatever we thought we knew. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, sure. and then, um, you know, life, business, marriage. And, and for me, it becomes a different type of structure. Like instead of recognizing or thinking that everything has to sit inside of a nine to five, or I don't know about you, but sometimes my kids need five minutes, not five hours. And, you know, so like the time blocks that I would create if I was doing this as a job is different than as we merge life and business into months and years not just in minutes, not nine to five. Yeah. Um, I think that was my big misconception too, before knowing more about homeschooling or like you said, unschooling. Um, it's, if I would have known what I do now, I probably wouldn't have given up on it so soon and sent them back into the indoctrination mm -hmm. camp, right? It's, uh -huh. it is mind blowing. <laughs> and so how old are they now? Yeah, 14 and 11. So mm -hmm. it's pretty funny. And do that, they know more than you now? Oh, yeah. As soon as my 14-year-old was 12, it's like, Dad, you don't know anything. And and now <laughs> it's just it, – it's funny because I I realize sometimes the light bulb will click and she'd be like, oh, yeah. She won't She won't give me credit, but she'll tell her friends. Mm, that, those, oh, yeah, that still works. Yeah. yeah. My dad knows. Like my dad is like – my dad's weird. My dad – you know, my dad is a weirdo. But – uh -huh. You know, he was right when most people were wrong, you know, <laughs> and I can live with that. I can live with being right after the fact, you know, I told you so is great. So I want to dig into this a little bit in the kid's side. Uh, you're <laughs> saying that hypothetically you went to put him back into the system. So why wouldn't you pull them out now? Um, that's a good question. So my oldest, we've given her that option actually this year. Mm -hmm. uh, last my year. kids, when I first gave them the option, they were like, mom, we don't want to be weird. Right. And that's exactly what she said. Oh, I don't want to be weird. I'm like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like yeah. now we actually went and we met some other people who were doing homeschooling in our, in our community and it's exploding. Like over mm -hmm. the last two years, it's probably tripled or quadrupled the amount of mm -hmm. people just in our area. And we only have 35,000 people in our, 
in our community. Wow. Wow. And there's, I would say there's maybe a thousand, fifteen hundred kids now that are no longer like. Well, when, when uh, we first did it, it was just pre COVID. Like my oldest had gone through school normal and okay. my other two were hitting, you know, like their freshman year, seventh grade year, something like that. And obviously the things that were happening in the schools was not that great, but I was like, whatever. Well, then when he went virtual, they were kind of like, wait, what's this? Because as a senior, he had more options, you know? And so they were like, wait, what? And so all of a sudden it wasn't so weird because their older brother had started. And then, um, and then as I was watching what they were learning, I was like, you guys can pretty much do nothing and be better off for life. I'm just saying. You oh, guys exactly. sure you want to do this? <laughs> exactly. That, and that's what I said to our kids. I'm like, you're getting one hour of homework a week. Mm-hmm. And even that was too, like, they were stressing about this. I'm like, you guys, like, all you, I, I gave them um, Of Mice and Men to read. I gave them mm-hmm. uh, 1984. We read Animal Farm. We're reading all the the books I like that it. They, they need to read so that they're not they, the ones that came from the school district. Yeah, exactly. Like the stuff that we probably read in school, but kids aren't allowed to read now. Right. Mm-hmm. For some unknown reason, because they don't want, <laughs> they don't want kids to be, you know, a, a little indoctrinated bit. in a different way. Yeah. I, yeah. I never, I actually never thought like my parents are escaped from communist Russia and I never mm-hmm. thought that, it, it, I mean, it's true. It only takes like one generation of people to kind of completely not understand that. Like, so I, I proudly wow. say that socialism and communism are completely evil systems that anybody that comes from a place like that, they obviously escape. Like, think about it. How many people are escaping to Cuba right now from the mm-hmm. America? Zero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how many people in America now want communism or socialism? I'm like, you guys are crazy because <laughs> you know what? If you want it so bad, go to one of those countries. Mm-hmm. Just go there for a year and, and check it out. Check out how great those things are and, mm-hmm. and come back and say, oh, yeah, it's good. Or, or just stay, you know, like we should all mm-hmm. pitch in and buy one-way tickets. And anybody that <laughs> wants to go and enjoy. You have a choice. Yeah. yeah. Go and enjoy those systems. Like, yeah. If that's what yeah, if want. this system isn't for you, and and that's what like, even in the school system, the system was not for me, and so ultimately, was it really for my kids? And so as they started to like, as I started to watch what they were learning, and I was like, yeah. this is not going to help you in life, like any part yeah. of life, yeah. and um, so I'm like, do you guys just want to not even get a high school diploma? And they were like, no, mom, we don't want to be weird. <laughs> <laughs> And then a couple weeks later, they were like, after they're listening to their boring, you know, virtual, trying to figure out just nothingness, they were like, what did you say? Were you for real? And I'm like, I'm for real. Like, you have to take responsibility for your own life at some point. And like, I honestly don't think that a high school diploma is going to make that decision for you, like, or help you. If you want to go to something that's at a four-year college... I mean, I'm I'm highly um, invested in education and learning and mentors and coaching and you know, yeah, and entrepreneurial, right? Um, and so the the first one he picked, um, oh, let's see, he's trying to become an online millionaire. Uh, let's see, an online millionaire, yeah, like the digital millionaire overnight sensation that takes like how many years to actually become? He's right. working on that right now, right? And uh, affiliate marketing and all the things that he's learned, like you would know, I mean, there's, 
small print in every online thing that you're doing. And he's learned to read contracts and he's learned to um, do his taxes, you know, using a wave, you know, accounting system. And like, what does it take to be an entrepreneur? Um, it's like, he's going to have to figure it out. It's, yeah, it's learning on your own. This is life. It's, it's so interesting. But the great thing about today's day and age is whatever you want to learn, you can learn it like right now. Yes. Yes. Like it's yeah. incredible. Like I said, you can reverse engineer a job and the qualifications or at least find out what you need to take to get that type of job. Right. Right. right? Yeah. So then the next son, he decided to do construction. And so he's been going to the job site every day, you know, for years and, um, just keeps putting money in his bank account slowly and building up. And, um, and then he decided that he wanted to also learn how to become an FBI interrogator. And I was like, okay, so I did a little research. I'm like, uh, looks like you might have to go to college to be an FBI interrogator. He was like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so now when Kevin and I have conversations, guess who's watching us? Oh yeah. Micro expressions. Mm -hmm. Micro expressions. And... He's like, mm. he kind of makes a sound. You're like, what? I'm like, look, you don't get to live in this house for the next couple of years. Study this and not tell me what I'm saying that I don't know I'm saying. <laughs> right. It's so funny how we sub subconsciously do things too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So he's, he's learning all that. So like, I love it. I love what they're choosing and what they're creating. And we're still in beta. I can't say that this is the solution to all the, all the world's problems, uh, but it fits for us, right? And so like you backpacking, me not backpacking, it doesn't matter. It's like, where are you called to go and are you listening? And are you taking on that new challenge? You know, what is it? What is it that's coming up for you? Yeah, as, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, one of my big callings and I'm, I'm doing such a good job of avoiding it. But what, one of my huge callings is like, I either need to mentor or somehow work, work with, um, men mm. and yeah. It, 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 Ooh, it's, I think I'm I kind of know where you're going. I want to hear this. I want to hear it. It's close yeah. to the heart, but I want to hear it. Yeah. Like that. Well, that's part of my book, right? That's, that's, I don't want like one of my big inspirations was when we first moved here, there was a bunch of guys in their twenties and they had a suicide pact and they all went wow. through with it. And I'm like, How? what? Yeah. Right. Like what? You're in your twenties and you're going to wow. go and you're going to kill yourself. Like you spent, you spent your whole life. You're this miracle on this planet and mm. you're just going to end it. Like things are that bad. So there's gotta be more out there for, young men who feel stuck or hopeless or without a compass. And the more people there are like me or, you know, I just think that there needs to be better mentors out there mm -hmm. for, for men. Like we create a, a society of great, strong men. We will have a great society. Right. Right. You know, like so I define I, a strong man for me. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. I shouldn't say I don't know, but I, mm -hmm. I have this intention. It's like, I want my girls to grow up and find these amazing people, right? So what is, so what is a strong man? Like, am, I never would have thought myself as a strong man. I'm sensitive. I, you know, I'm pretty in touch with, with that side. Are you intuitive? Would you call yourself intuitive? 
I'm, I'm probably working on it. I'm probably working and getting better at, at being intuitive. Trusting your gut. Yeah. But I, I think a, I think a great definition of a, a strong man is somebody that's not afraid to fail. Somebody that is constantly trying to improve themselves. You know, that to me, I have broken myself down and built myself up many times in the last few years. And I'm better for it. It's just like working out like muscle, right? right? Like you, you, anybody that is not trying to grow or learn is is, you're basically wasting away. Mm -hmm. And I used to ask people the question, are you growing or dying? Right. And people, first of all, don't like that question. Second of all, they love the answer. I'm growing in my mind and dying in my body. And I challenge that. Is that possible? I mean, if you're just sitting around eating books and, or eating books, reading books and eating (laughs) Cheetos, well, yeah, maybe, right? How can Um, you grow in your mind and die in your body? Like the, the concept of energy in how we move and who we are. I mean, look at pictures of people in their 80s that have continued to work out, that have continued to challenge their mind, that have continued to do all these things versus someone that hasn't. At what I, I have a mentor. He doesn't know it, but he's like 95 and he travels the world. Right. That is so inspiring to me to know that it's possible. Age is a number and they say that. And I know that things happen at certain ages and I get that. I mean, I still feel 18. Whether somebody else thinks I look it or not, that's up to them. But, right. but I still feel very similar to 18. I, I think that having the mind be challenged and growing, it's a need. It's a basic human need. How can we be growing in our mind and dying in our bodies. There's a book, The Biology of Belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton, and he basically puts some things in Petri dishes, and I don't understand all the science behind it, but he basically says, you know, what I believe he kind of proved in a Petri dish. Like we either move towards good energy or away from bad or towards, like you can't be doing both at the same time. Right. I I think um, for me, everybody's different, right? Like for me, Mm -hmm. I had to like sever that finish line of trying to get to retirement. Ooh, that's deep. You said that very quickly, but that's actually a big deal. What percentage of the population is severing that? Because I agree with you. Kevin and I are doing this until we're, until we're not, until we're not, there's no retirement. Yeah. I consciously made a decision that we did too. I am not going to retire. I am going to keep getting better. And to the point where, I can start passing as much knowledge as possible when I almost, I, I feel like I'll know when I'm starting to like fall off and then I'll really have to start <laughs> unloading because you're, you spend your whole life building this toolbox filled with all these tools and then you're not going to share it. You're not going to mm-hmm. share your gifts. You're not going to share your knowledge. I don't understand. And so many people, they, and nothing against them, like they do their job. They get to retirement and then what? They die three days later and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what? Like whatever. I just didn't, mom, wasn't going to be that guy, you know? My mom died at 44. She was 39 when she got the diagnosis of cancer and then did all these alternative treatments. Actually went to Ireland, speaking of Ireland. Um, actually, that's where her obituary picture was taken because she knew that she had a fatal disease and so she wanted a beautiful background. So, mm-hmm. um, but 
you know, seeing that young life and like what happens and what that looks like versus like, how do we know that any of us are guaranteed a certain amount of time into retirement? But what they said is oftentimes people would die on the day that the doctors said they were going to die. Like we, we made a conscious choice to not listen. And so hospice, you're only supposed to go in hospice um, when you only have six months left to live. My mom went in three times because she didn't listen. Every time they told her you only have six months left. That's funny. Yeah. I don't know why doctors do that. I don't know why they mm-hmm. plant that poisonous seed right. in people. Right. I mean, that happened to my mom too. She was diagnosed and the doctor told her that her cancer would just keep coming back. I'm like, who does oh, that? Oh, no. Who says that, right? Yeah. So that yeah. really bothered me. But going back to your mom, I was just going to say, uh, so I have to tell you this. Like, I'm meant to tell you this today that All right. she's, a, she's a really smart lady. Ah. Because... <laughs> When I went to Ireland, I got to this place, and I'm going to butcher the name, Glen, Glen Chackwich Park or something like that, and I parked the car, and I got out of the car, and I, I looked, and it was the most... You've never been to Ireland, have you, Jamie? I have not. No. You're making me want to find her picture, but anyway. <laughs> so I, I got there, and it was the most perfect grass. Not even a piece... Not even a blade. The way I picture it in my mind, it's still there perfectly, but not even a blade was out. And there's these little sheep and there's this perfect tree. It's perfect. And they're all around it. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. is, this is heaven. Like this is. Mm-hmm. Picture cool. perfect. So if she could see that in her last mm-hmm. year, at least she knows that like, that's, that's it yeah. right there. <laughs> that's yeah. what it was. It was like, you know, sometimes people might struggle to find their obituary picture, but my mom was um, some type of a planner because she came back and she was like, here's my picture for when, when it's time. Yeah. And she even ended up picking out her own casket because my sister uh, died about 30 days before she did. Oh my and goodness. My sister died in an accident, so it was unexpected. Oh, and my goodness. mom was definitely getting down to the last days. And so when we went to the funeral home to pick out my sister's casket, my mom was always up for a good deal. And so she was like, <laughs> Can I get a two for one? Oh, <laughs> it wasn't quite a two for one, but we did get a discount on the second casket. <laughs> and she even took the one with the dent. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. I would totally but... do the same thing. That's terrible, but I would totally do the same. What do I care, right? <laughs> right, right. I love it. So but thinking about retirement, right? Going back to those of us that are still alive and what what it's like, but that date, like you put that date in your mind and then and then what's after that date? What are we creating past and beyond that? So like for us now, not having retirement means we're literally recreating and reinventing ourselves at every stage because we're not called to do the same things. I mean, like even this idea that you would go to school, go to college and get a job and then stay in that job for the rest of your life, like yeah. for real? Does somebody do that? I mean, I went, I went to college. I got my electrical engineering diploma. It's on. It's on the wall. I did it for fifteen years, and it served me well. Mm-hmm. And I was totally okay with walking away. And I don't know. I think that our next kid, our kids, and maybe us, we're not built like the last generations, right? We're mm-hmm. we're okay with closing that the chapter, mm-hmm. and knowing that. I mean. I'm what am I 44? I started working at KP Design when I was 40. Maybe I'll work so at KP Design till I'm 60 and that mm-hmm. chapter will close. That's 20 years. That's a long time. Even if it was another mm-hmm. 5 years, 10 years in the in the game, that's a it's mm-hmm. a good chapter and I I could still build. I could mm-hmm. you know, I could build businesses, Invest I could in real build, estate. I, I could physically build a village of Uh-huh. 
you know, like one, one of real our estate goals, development. Yes. Yeah. Like one, one of our goals is to buy a big piece of property and have a like healing center. Like mm. I want to talk about this more and more so that like, I'm almost forced to make it a reality. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, we're going to hold you to it. Yeah. Well, and if you can start to visualize it and you start to see it, then it's possible to create it. You know, what I loved about real estate development is that I could walk the wall. I could walk the hallways. I could, I could see the the driveways in my mind. Mm. And then as soon as you can see that vision, it's yours. It's, it's our calling when we see it. Yeah. And the more we talk about it, the more it is possible that it could become reality. So I want to go back to, before we go into your real estate development future uh, and your healing center future and all those things and connecting you with other people that are called to build healing centers, um, what, what do you think today, like for your girls and possibly getting a degree, like what are your thoughts about college today? And what would you tell, there's, this is a two-part question. And what would you tell someone who has a degree or maybe multiple degrees and doesn't want to give up the degree, but feels this calling to something else? Like, I would really recommend before anybody goes to university to go to um, a college maybe and, and take, if you're going to go somewhere, go and take a two-year program. You can get a trade, you can get a culinary, you can, you can do something that's really, really tangible, right? I, I would recommend that before going into a four-year, I would, ne okay, but so what? I would really recommend that no one ever goes to university without a plan. I hate people that waste You're money. the engineer. Yeah. What if they're not an engineer? What if they don't create plans? They just <laughs> pick a degree. Exactly. But I went to university and I took engineering and I went there for a year and I hated it so much. I hated it. Everything we learned, I would say 95% of the stuff I learned, I was just like, this is ridiculous. I don't want any of this information. And all my professors were terrible. Like all, I think I had one good professor. The rest were all terrible. Like I couldn't believe that they even had jobs. And when I went to we college, won't talk about what they were being paid. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So I actually went back a year later. I paid, I spent a year paid off that loan for student loans because mm -hmm. I didn't want to be irresponsible. And then I went to college and I got a, a trade. I got a, like a, an electrical ticket. Right. And with that, the next day, like I graduated and the next day I already had a job and mm -hmm. I was making really good money, like right away. Mm -hmm. And I was actually using, I would say, I probably used 10, 15% of the information that I right, got. Right, right, like, right. You, you learned the language. Right. Yeah. It's so funny. And then, like, I've never used calculus ever. And I was doing electrical engineering. And then I got into the field. And, and, and here I am basically answering emails and re reading stuff. But did I ever do calculus? No. Did I ever do arithmetic progression? No, like it was, mm -hmm. it, it was crazy. I'm like, why did they teach us all this stuff when they should have just told us how to put a business presentation together or how to write emails right, and right, go to right. meetings? Cause that's basically what work is now. Right. Right. That's what, um, interior designers, I used to hire interns at the furniture store. That was the first business that I was a part of. And, um, they would come out of 
school with, you know, the ability to put together colors and samples. And I was like, did you get any sales training? Because you're going to be working with customers that, you know, it actually, what they think matters. (laughs) They were like sales training. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's so going uh, back to your, your kids at this point, your girls, not someone else's, are you encouraging them to continue their education? Well, my oldest wants to be a psychologist. So obviously Mm. you have to go into the system to get a degree and do that. But I told her, I said, if you want to take over our business one day, I said, just start working with us now. Mm -hmm. Me and mom will start teaching you. I mean, you're 14, but we can start teaching you. We can even give you Mm -hmm. some money. And that's a kind of a tax write-off thing for us. Right, right. So if you you think about that, the money that you would potentially be paying for your kid's college or maybe the money that they would be spending. What if kids took that and invested it in their businesses? Yeah, that would be incredible. I mean, right now debt, like college debt is considered normal, but what about business investment debt? Right. Like to me, it's not, to me, all these student loans are, I mean, it took me a long time. I was probably 30 when our student loans got paid off and we only had 25 grand. Wow. So our student loans- Because the payments are also small all the time. They're just like never ending. Yeah. Well, I was pretty aggressive. I Wow. There was a time where I was doing probably a thousand a month. Wow. Paying off, paying off student loan debts. I don't think kids, and and this is the trap. Kids don't realize Total trap. how hard it is to pay off these, these debts like- Mm-hmm. You're, you're going through this meat grinder, you come out on the end and you're actually like 10 feet below ground. You just right, don't even right. know it. Right. And all you Well, and to... it's normalized. Yeah. Which, which <laughs> you can't breathe, but it's normalized. <laughs> no, it's totally messed up. Like I, I would recommend to kids go into a co-op where you could go to school for a bit and then work. And then mm, I think we call that like a, uh, like an internship or a journeyman or like a, I don't know if we call it a co-op, but I can't think of what it is called. Um, like apprenticeship program. And I would always recommend to young people. uh, My cousin actually made this horrible mistake. So I like to really talk about this. Like she went for her master's degree. She quit her job and went for a master's and no, don't do that. Get, Mm. get your company to pay for your master's degree. Right. And usually they'll have you sign your name in blood. You know, right. as long as yeah, but but, but for businesses, it can be a write off. I mean, even this is something that I would like to normalize. I would like to normalize personal development as a business write off. Um, right now, professional development and continued education is a business write off, and maybe leadership development. You know, there might be a few like words that you can use. Right. But technically, think about it. What are the problems that you're running into in your business? How often is it? You know the stuff that you got going on in your head, something you didn't know was an issue. Right. I, How often are the issues business issues? No, exactly. And if somebody's out, somebody out there is listening to this and they're working for, uh, let's say, a really good company um, mm-hmm. that offers uh, internal trainings, mm-hmm. take advantage of those things. That's what I did. Well, like I worked mm-hmm. for a great company for 15 years. I took advantage of all the internal trainings. I probably had a master's degree in every single course because I took every right. single course. Kevin did too. It was that? our second job plan because he got a $500 bonus every time he passed a, a course. <laughs> so he had 28 courses he was done with 
after seven years, it was like, it was like, Kevin, this is your second job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go past this. Yeah. But it's fun to learn. It's fun to get better. And people, that mm-hmm. should be normalized. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to, uni- I went to university night school on my company's dime and I came away with two management certificates that mm-hmm. would have been great. And then I would have, you know, transitioned that to a master, like an MBA, but they're, the contract was too high a price. Mm. Like for me to take the MBA, I would have had to sign my name in blood for 10 years. Wow. wow. And I didn't want to, I didn't want, I mean, I didn't have to, I could have repaid it. Right. Yeah, right. But. Right. You're, you're coming up against some things that are really important to me and um, just feeling like, how do, how do you make some of these decisions wherever you're at? You know, how do you know? Like, and, and what are some of the things that you learned? How much of what you learned prepared you for being a business owner? Man, I learned so much from my wife. I don't think I give her enough credit for how incredibly difficult it is to be alone and Mm -hmm. build this thing and to have it constantly in the back of your mind. And at this, like, I'm making it sound torturous, but at the same time, it's like the most rewarding, awesome thing to sell what you do to somebody and get paid for that is 10,000 times more rewarding than getting a paycheck for, you know. It's the weirdest mix. It's on both sides of the fence. It is is weird, yeah. You literally get to create it. And then you have to believe in it so much that you can sell it (laughs) and believe in it even when it doesn't seem like you're talking to the right people or uh, people might be interested or when the doubts come up or the fears come up and then know when to pivot, know when not to pivot, when to just keep going, just put your head down, just grind and how to have the conversations um, with yourself, with the other people on the team and and yet it's so worth it. Like, it's just. it. It's interesting. Like I, I mean, we're, we're a little bit low on time now, but that's why I'll come yeah. back again. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had crossroads in my life where it's funny. Like I, w- I was on another podcast. And I was saying this, that I wait, I wait too long and I get to this crossroad where it's almost the point of no return. And I ask for God's help to mm. point me in the right direction yeah. And I wish I would stop doing that. It's almost like I have a limited surrender number of, earlier. Yeah, right. I have, it's almost like I have a limited number of coupons that I can use right. for inspiration. Right. But I had this moment where it was kind of like the end of our first year, and things were going good. But it was like, okay, I need a sign. I need somebody mm-hmm. to come into our life to help us get to that next level. And I know that it can't be me, you know. Wow. And this is how important. Uh, business coaches are so our business coach appeared miraculously and so uh-huh. I'll, I'll give Aaron Marcus a huge shout out right here so that's awesome she really helped us get and I know that you're a great um, business coach too in the belief cruise I, I think all the coaches need to have like I didn't know when I was in business before I wasn't trained on being able to hire a coach I didn't know yeah. that was a thing in our business, it was a family business where I was the chief cook and bottle washer in terms of I was the accountant, the uh, attorney. I didn't know it was okay to ask for help. 
So yeah. I, huge shout out to all the coaches, including yeah. Aaron Marcus. It's, Absolutely. It is. Um, the good ones. The, the <laughs> Let's good shout one. out the good ones. Yeah. Like it's great. It's great to have a mentor, but there's mm-hmm. just something about like, I had to really wrap my head around money because I was like scared, right? Money mindset. You know, like hiring a business coach is, is a real thing. If you hire a good one, they cost a lot of money. It's a, it's an investment. Right. It shouldn't, I shouldn't right. say like I have to, I still have to switch my language around because there's something miraculous and I hope you can agree with me or, or mm-hmm. get what I'm saying here, but there's something miraculous that when you, it's funny, like I asked God for the sign, I, it was delivered and I was still like, Oh, do I part with this money? And right. But as soon as I did, all of these amazing things started happening and our business doubled and then it doubled mm. again. And I'm like, this isn't an accident. Mm. And I urge people do not let it get to the point where you can't do anything. You know, Alex, you know how to do this when there's like how many minutes left in our time together today (laughs) and like putting out this something like, so all the things it is an investment. And it's also like when you said, putting that money, like even though you knew that God had shown you the sign, even though you knew this was the right thing to do, you were trusting your gut, you felt right about it. And it was still painful. It's still hard. Yeah. Which is so yeah. weird. Which is so weird yeah. to me. But, but what I've learned is that just making the commitment to hiring a business coach or to hiring a coach like that shifts things. Yeah. Even, even if they never show up. Like something shifted in your mind because you were willing to make that investment and say, I'm willing to get help. I'm willing to do what it takes. I'm willing to go wherever I need to go. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard a really good analogy and we should, I should say this, like I heard a really good analogy that, you know, if you're just sitting there on the side of the road in your car, mm. wait, waiting for help, nobody's going to show up. But if you right. actually got out of your car and started pushing, <laughs> You would have all the help. Every yeah. car would stop. God, right? God helps those who help themselves. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Like if you just mm-hmm. sat there on, on your roof while the water is coming up on the floor. I love that story. Right? Yeah. So I won't repeat it, but I mean, it, it makes so much sense. Like God's like, yeah. yeah, I sent this person and this person. And why didn't you just put your hand out and accept? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so if there's anything, it's like, don't let it get to the point where you're so deep that Mm -hmm. you almost feel like you can't, but I'm saying like, I was close to rock bottom a few times in my life and I got to that point and it's, it's so important to have that relationship. I'm curious, this is going a little bit same direction or similar topic, but different direction. Right now I've been hearing business owners say, and specifically one was a coach, but another one was a different, um, I think it was an event planner, wedding, wedding planner. They've been saying that clients have had, have been having a hard time. Well, one of them was having to fire clients, but the other one was like, people want me to show up before they pay me, you know, like kind of like this, this shift that's happening in their business. And maybe it's because it's time for them to have a change. You know I mean? That's the thing as an entrepreneur, we always get to find out what does this mean? What does this sign mean? Um, but Taking that leap of faith and making that investment or any investment in your business, we can't look for proof that it's true before we, I mean, it's, that's the point of it being faith based or like 
believing, believing that you were meant to work together in this business with your wife without looking for proof that it was true, right? Mm -hmm. Like you went online and looked, looked, created your position. That's not what I mean though. You didn't go and ask clients, Hey, do you think it's a good idea if I join her? Do you think this is, I mean like maybe, but we have to take a leap of faith before getting external validation. Does that? Yeah. There's some interesting things that happen. Um, I think so much of so many of us are so like you asked me earlier about intuition, if, if mm-hmm. I'm intuitive, and I would say that I was probably the least intuitive person ever. Wow. But now How'd looking your wife back, put up with you just curiously, but looking but looking back on my life, it's like you, you have those moments that you can they're like little stars along yeah. along the trail and it's like, okay, this was a really hard part. And I had to make a choice. And mm-hmm. I prayed on it or yeah, you know so, something happened. There was a sign, yeah. Like there was a sign, and then you, you know. So there's no regrets. I Trusting mean, obviously, right. my life right. could have been totally different, but our life really is a choose-your-own adventure. It really. I is. hated those books. Just saying, I was like, my fingers <laughs> used to be like in all three options because I had to know what all the options were. There's no way to. Does anybody really read that book and not look at all the other options? Am I the only one that needed to see all the options? It's so funny that you're saying that it's like, cause I would always pick, I would always pick the wrong thing. I'd be dead by like page three. <laughs> what the heck? Like, okay. So did you go back and reach? Oh yeah, I totally would do it. But it's like, you know what? That's the beauty. And I never realized that's the beauty of those books though, that your choices are your choices. And when it it's time for the book to be over, it's over mm. because of your choices. Mm, and I was definitely not accepting of that. I definitely like what you're saying here. Yeah. yeah, I was more of the yeah. Call of Duty guy where I just run in, get shot in the head, <laughs> respawn, and then do the same thing again. You know, it's you learned your lesson. You fall, you fell, you got back up again. No, sometimes when you when you know you can die and come back, you you're just careless, mm. right? It's Invisible. life. Life is a funny video game. You're, you got one guy, and you know, yeah. once it's over, it's over. And it's, yeah. it's very interesting, but, uh, I, I think that there's something so interesting about that, um, positive transference of like money is really energy. Like the more people that understand this concept, the, like if you sold your services, Jamie, for 20 bucks and it's 20,000, mm-hmm. it's a bad, it's a bad exchange. But if that person would trust in you and give you that 20,000, all of a sudden these miraculous things would, would happen and that would turn into 200, 400,000, like mm-hmm. incredible things happen when you just take that, that leap. it's funny how that money is almost that leap of faith, that energy yes. transfer. And when you have the right people in your life, um, not telling you what you want to hear, but telling you what you need to hear, pointing out your blind spots, um, that is so valuable, especially being an entrepreneur like they say, it's lonely at the top, right? Mm-hmm. You, yeah, having a yes man is not beneficial to you. Having having that intuitive or having that really skilled person, you know, help guide you on what you need to do. It's still scary because all of a sudden right. you're left with all this homework and you have to, like, <laughs> right. you, you have to do it. I mean, there's so right. many people that that will probably crumble and not, but man, if you... But if you have that really good, it's like, it's like having a really crappy gym membership. Like if your gym membership's like 20 bucks, 
it doesn't cost you that much. So you're like, ah, whatever. I don't yeah. go. I don't go. I don't go. But if yeah. your gym membership costs $500 a month, well, holy smokes, you're going five, you six show times up. a week, right? Like, because mentally we're doing that math in our head. Where it's like, okay, like if I go I to go. jiu-jitsu, if I go to jiu-jitsu class five times and my membership's 200, it's only like five bucks a class or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we kind of do, we kind of do that. We do mental math all the time without realizing it. Yeah. The ROI, the, the story that I love to use is like, this was for us. If we went to the grocery store, Kevin and I had a different set point. You know, if Kevin went to the grocery store, his set point was $50, didn't matter how many kids we had. And so without a calculator, he would walk around, grab a couple things. And it was usually close to 50 bucks. If I went to the grocery store, my set point was 150, walk around, grab a couple of items, you know, it's $150 without a calculator. So mentally we're doing math, whether we realize it or not all the time and justifying our actions and our behaviors. And and there's something totally true about the transfer of energy with money. I love it. That's like a whole nother subject. Oh, and and it's so interesting. Like (laughs) people, people would rather buy a, you know, a $10 lotto ticket every week instead of, put a thousand dollars into like an investment. Right. Right. You know, it's like, Oh, I'm going to go for the big score. Meanwhile, they just threw away the money. Mm. Right. Instead of putting that little bit away and have that money grow. Mm. So that, I mean, yeah, we can talk about, I I feel like you started too, right? Like money. You let us into our next subject. When I, when, when we talk again, it's going to be money mindset. I love it. I think, I think that that's such an important thing because most people don't get it. And, and even when you pray and you get the thing you want and you're still scared, that's wrong. Like I look back and I'm just like, I I give myself one of these, like a slap in the forehead. Like you prayed for it. It came and you were still reluctant. Are you insane? You know, Mm. like it's easy to lead the horse to the water, right? Even if the horse is you and and you still got to like force the head down and drink the water. Oh my goodness. So good. So good to have you on. Let's talk again. Alex Pauls, everybody.